0: I invite you to join me in On Fire with Linda Fields. It's a movement designed to calibrate, validate, and activate men and women like you who love God, putting your God-inspired passions and plans into action to carry out your callings in all seven spheres of influence. That's business and economy, government, education, family, arts, media, and church. On Fire with Linda Phils exists to help you complete your God-given assignments with a community of kingdom connections. Whether it's increasing your current sphere of influence or changing paths to walk into your purpose, if you want to set the world ablaze through Christ's power, join the movement at www.onfire.global. So I want to welcome everybody today to the podcast. I have my good new friend here, Jennifer McAllister. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. I'm looking forward to talking to you this morning. I know. It's so lovely that we've met in person already at a luncheon here in the DFW area and and know each other a little bit. And I'll just have to say I was so fascinated by your story that I knew right away I had to get you on the podcast so our listeners could also be encouraged like I was when I heard you tell the story. And so let me ask you a few questions. Uh, I know your story has to do with running and I know it has to do with a lot of crazy things that happened at a certain date and time. And we're going to get to that. But first, let me ask you, why did you want to run in the first place? Well, originally,
1: the very first time I ran a marathon, I did it because I thought it was something that was impossible. My sister-in-law was the one who did it first. And I remember my husband coming home. This is back in 2001. And he said, my sister signed up for a marathon. And I said, well, how far is that? And he said, 26.2 miles. And at that time, I was having a hard time running three miles. So the thought of somebody running 26.2 miles seemed insane to me. But my sister-in-law, she trained. And she did it. And after that, that inspired me to, to try it as well. And so I trained and I ran the San Diego, the Rock and Roll San Diego Marathon in 2001. And I remember crossing that finish line thinking, if I can do this, what can I do? Because it felt it hurt so bad, like, especially when I got to mile 10 and I still had to get to mile 26.2. But I just kept putting one foot in front of the other in, in spite of the pain. And then when I crossed the finish line, it really did feel like, what else? You, know, you can do anything. Um, and so I did that in 2001. And later, I joined a running group. And I became such good friends with everybody in my running group that we just kept signing up for marathon after marathon. I found other people as crazy as I was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that is so admirable that you wanted to run Jennifer, that you did the training and and it sounds like it was just a real confidence booster for you in life in general, that if you could do that, like you just said, what couldn't you do? Right. It's true. Cause I really believed it was impossible,
1: especially when you're in the middle of the pain or, and you think there's still so so much further that we have to go. And it's really is a great example um, because that's how life is. And we can either quit or we can keep
0: putting one foot in front of the other and pressing on towards that finish line. So, That's right. So. Well, I know your book, Press On, has many stories of endurance. And I want to just center in today on the main story I heard you tell uh, not so long ago at the luncheon where we first met. And it has to do, if I could, I'm just going to read just a little blurb on the back of your book and then will let you take us into the story. Okay. After watching the bombs explode in front of her for the Boston Marathon finish line, Jennifer was painfully aware how mere seconds mattered between life and death. It was then that she understood how God is both the God of eternity as well as the God of our moments. Life can feel like a race with twists and turns, uphill climbs, downhill downhill descents, and long stretches of highway. Boy, that's for sure. Those times, those are the hardest, right?
1: Yeah.
0: From the big explosion days to the monotonous and the quiet ones, the stories of endurance, faith, and trust will inspire you to press on and never give up as you run the race of life. So I want you to just take us into that day when you thought there you were running the race of your life and in fact almost ended up racing for your very life in the the turn of events. So just take your time and uh, share that with us from your heart, Jennifer, if you would. Okay, well,
1: like I said, I had been running marathons and after you run a few, the goal becomes to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And that's a privilege because you have to qualify to run the Boston Marathon. You can't just sign up. You have to run um, like be the top 10 percent in your age group. And there's a it's it's hard. And so I really, really wanted to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And that ended up being pretty challenging. I I ran five marathons one year trying to get to the 2012 Boston Marathon. Didn't happen. But I finally did qualify and I was able to get to the 2013 Boston Marathon, which again seemed like an impossible dream, but it, it was becoming a reality when that happened. And I remember that day with, we woke up, I had two friends with me and we were just on cloud nine because the excitement in Boston uh, during the marathon, everyone is, there's crowds and it's great. And I had a great time running that marathon. I stayed with my friend, Tony, the majority of the time. And then my friend Shaman was running as well, but she was a little bit ahead of us. And Tony and I stayed together for all 26 miles of the marathon, but I lost her at the very end. I I had my earphones in. She told me she was stopping and I didn't hear her. So I turned on to Boylston Street without her. But I figured I would just see her at the finish line and we would celebrate then. And I remember looking down at the finish line thinking, and I was praying. I said, thank you, God, that I didn't give up. Thank you that it's so easy just to say, this isn't for me. I'm never going to qualify. I gave it my best shot. I'm so thankful that I, kept trying until that I got, I finally got my dream, which is qualifying for this marathon. And I said, thank you. And I'm going to be done because I was so tired. and I just want to be done and not <laughs> sit down for a second. And I said, thank you. I'm going to see my husband in a second, see my friends. And right when I was praying all these things, I looked and I saw an explosion, but I wasn't, I wasn't nervous because I figured it was Patriot's Day fireworks because nobody was expecting. Anything sinister at this event. So I just kept running. And a few seconds later, the building in front of me exploded. And, and I looked and I knew then that that wasn't fireworks at the finish line, that that was a bomb and we were under attack. And right then there was a police officer standing there and he knew that the first um, bomb was a bomb and not a fireworks. And he looked at me and he had fear in his eyes. And he said, run, run, run. And he's telling me to run the other way. He's pointing to run the other way. Because if there was going to be another bomb, pretty much where I was standing out far from a trash can, he thought if there was going to be another one, probably be close to where I was. And then just to brag on law enforcement for a second, he, even though he had that fear in his eyes, he turned and ran right into the devastation, right? Where the second bomb had just exploded. and. I remember thinking, I don't want to disobey him, but I don't want to run because my husband had told me the night before where he was going to be meeting me. And it was right in front of the building that just blew up. It just exploded. And he already told me that. And again, this was my big day. There's no way he wouldn't be where he was said he was going to be knowing how important this was for me. So I stood there and I didn't know what to do. And I really and truly believe that my husband was gone and I was next. So I just put my head in my hands and I looked down and I remember praying saying, Lord, I don't want to leave my girls because I have three daughters. I have three daughters. And, um, and I remember thinking, no, he's taking care of all that. He's taking care of all that. If God is calling me home, he's taking care of all of that. And so then I I had a peace that surpassed understanding. I was afraid of getting hit by a bomb. I wasn't. I. I didn't want that. And I remember praying, thinking, just let it be instant and complete. But I knew if my husband was hit, if that building blew, and my husband was in front of it, I knew where he was, and I knew that if this is the day God was calling me home, I was okay with it. And but the fact that I'm talking to you, there was only two bombs, and I remember after nothing happened for a while, I just. I I started moving in the other way. And then that was when the panic set in because I didn't have a phone to call my husband. So I finally, after about 20 minutes, I finally got somebody to lend me their phone um, so I can see if he answered. And I called and all I heard was beep, beep, beep. And my heart just, I just, I just wanted to just roll up and die because i thought my husband that's what is that what happens when your phone explodes you hear beep 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 um but i called again and the second time he picked up and it was the happiest moment to hear him say hello hello and so he both of us for 20 minutes thought the other one was gone because he was tracking my the chip on my shoe and so he knew that i was right in the middle of all of this and he couldn't get a hold of me and I thought, because I saw the building glow, that he was gone. But in God's goodness and grace and mercy, my husband got stuck in traffic, so he couldn't get to the building where he was supposed to be. Which I always joke and say, "I'll never, I'll never complain about traffic again." But that didn't last long. Yeah. EFW traffic will uh, make you forget your promises.
0: <laughs> That's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, we, so we were. I was very happy. I was very happy to hear that um, Jason was okay, and he was, and I was okay, I and mean, my friends were as well. But nice. I was literally just seconds away from the the second bombing, and then later, the Boston Marathon Association sent me a finisher certificate showing where I should have been based on my chip in my shoe, and I looked at the the timing, and I looked at when the first bomb went off, and they were only like one second away from each other. So when I was, where I was supposed to be, but that day when I was running, it was weird. Cause I usually, if I can see the finish line I can k- speed it up and run. And that day I, it was like, I was running through quicksand. It was so weird. I could not get my legs to run faster. I'm like, this is bizarre. But I know now that, that God was protecting me and he had me right where I was supposed to be right behind the second bomb and not at the finish line or in front of that bomb. But as appreciative, and I w- was and I am, I said to God, why, why would you have me so close, so close to that finish line that I can see it, but I can't cross it. And he spoke to my heart and I knew it was him because I didn't, couldn't, I didn't have a rational thought going on. I was in such a panic mode that day. But what he said was, you're going to cross that finish line. You're going to cross the finish line, which I did the following year. They invited me back and I was able to run the Boston Marathon again and cross in 2014. But I heard you're going to have a lot more souls with you when you cross your eternal finish line because of your story, because of your because of your testimony. Now say that again, Jennifer. That's really key. That what did I, the Lord say? He said that. Well, the thought that I had was. You're going to cross, which I did. He was concerned with all of the work that I put in to cross the actual marathon line. But when you cross your eternal finish line, you're going to have a lot more, you're going to have a lot of souls with you because of your testimony. Not that my testimony saves anybody, but what my testimony did was one, it made me very bold to share the gospel with as many people as I could, because I knew how quickly life can be taken. And two, it opened the door for me to share the gospel. Because that's right. the world that we're living in right now. Things change so quickly. I mean, if, 20, if 2020 has showed us anything, things can change in a moment. And so totally. we have to be prepared. And so when I share my story, how I started to share my story was mostly at the pregnancy center that, I've been, that I have been volunteer at. And I've done that, gosh, I've been there for 17 years. And I realized when I started sharing that story with my clients, about just, just a short caption of me at the Boston Marathon finish line. And then I'll ask him, you know, if that happened to you, if a bomb were to blow up right now, do you know where you would go? Do you know 100% right. where you go? And they, and they would say no. And then that opened the door for me to share the gospel. And I was amazed at how many people had never heard the gospel before. But they were They hadn't. And so I got to see what God was talking about when he said, you're going to have souls with you because of your testimony. Which led me to write my book because I knew I only saw the a few people in at the pregnancy center, and plus well, I saw it every just once a week on Tuesdays. But if I wrote a book, that would open up the door for me, more
0: people to um, to hear. So that's incredible, Jennifer. Now let me ask you a question: How alone did you feel once you realized what was going on at that very first moment? The fear on the policeman's face, the realization that there were bombs, knowing you didn't have a phone with you to even be able to call anybody in that second. Like, was this an overwhelming feeling of loneliness or what what did God do? How did he meet you in that moment? Well, I
1: I did. I did feel very I felt like a little kid who was lost. Remember when we were little and we can't find our parents and lost? because one of the problems with this, with our cell phone generation, we don't make plans to meet like, it used to be, Hey, I'll meet you at this place after the race. We just have our phones now and we call each other. Well, I didn't have my phone and I had no way to, to call anybody. And I, there wasn't a plan. So when they kept pushing us further away from where the bombs were, where am I supposed to go? I don't have my car keys. I don't have a phone. I don't know where to go. I'm in a city. That's not my home. And so it was, it was a, like a, it was a very lost feeling, but then I, I don't know. I think God knows mercy. I kind of went into, I felt nothing because I had so many emotions in such a short period of time from complete joy to fatigue because a marathon, especially the Boston marathon is hard and you just want to be done. So I have, Joy, fatigue, anticipation of crossing the finish line, to shock, and then from shock went horror, and then horror went, you you know, and then again after after all that, when I found out that my husband was okay, then complete relief. I had so many emotions in such a short period of time, and then when I was didn't know where to go, I just felt nothing. I I didn't feel anything. I, I felt like I was watching a movie, like I was going through the motions, but I just didn't feel anything. It was it was kind of a bizarre. Like was and then I would see the helicopters hovering overhead because, everybody, black cars, everybody coming in um, to get to the the finish line, in ambulances and emergency vehicles, and it just didn't seem real. But right. God God meets us where I wasn't alone. He was with me and he helped me. He helped me along the way. So, but it, yes, that was a very bizarre, a bizarre place to be, um, not having a plan, not knowing where to go, what to do. And and also we didn't know there was only going to be two bombs. So that whole day you're waiting, right. you're just waiting for the next attack and you don't know right. where it's going to happen.
0: So, well, as I heard you tell this story, the very first time I was amazed at all that God brought you through and the way you're able to articulate what it must've been like, I'm sure uh, words cannot really convey the height and depth of all the emotions going on in your heart. The thing that I walked away with from your story that I'd love for you to tell us about now is how God literally showed up for you and making a phone available and that whole little story about what God did.
1: Well, once I turned on to um, off of Boylston Street and I I turned on and it was in um the marathon course but everybody on this street did not know what happened at the finish line so when I turned onto that street that was a huge party going on it was Patriots Day in Boston so people are celebrating and having a great time and I had I had a um, scripture on the back of my shirt and as I was walking um, I had some guys come out of a, a bar area and they were giving me a bad time and it was kind of it was just, it seems so crazy because I just saw the bomb and it's going to, it could happen again at any moment. And people have no idea what's going on and they're not, you know, they don't understand. And um, I remember these guys kind of, now this is a part where I think it's bigger in my head than it actually was this part. But I remember them surrounding me and they seem, in my mind, they seem so tall. It's like giants, these guys that walked out of this, this bar area and they like, what's going on? And I said, there, I go, there's been a bomb at the finish line. And I kind of feel like this is life today. As Christians, we know what's coming. We know, you know, we need to get right with Jesus. We know they we're trying to tell people they're not taking you seriously. And I go, there's been a bomb at the finish line. And they're like, oh, well, did you finish? And I said, what? And I go, no. And then one of the other guys says, I told you she wouldn't finish. Which was such a, it felt to me like spiritual war attack. Because how would anybody but the enemy of my soul know that that was a fear of mine? That I would not, that I would start something and not finish well. That I wouldn't, you know, I would get so close and then I would drown at the shore. I would and I, th- I remember thinking, I gotta get away from these people. So I got away from them. And then another man started giving me a bad time because of the scripture on the back of my shirt. And I couldn't make him stop. I kept saying, Could you please go? Could you please go? And right then this other man came walking up, and he it wasn't like he was a very intimidating looking man. Um But he walked over, he's a little bit older. He walked over and he said to him, you need to go. And that man instantly walked away. I remember thinking, well, that didn't work for me. (laughs) I've been trying that for a while. Well, um, that man looked at me, he goes, do you need help? Can I help you? And I said, well, can you call my husband? I don't know where to meet him. I don't know where I should go. And so he gave me his phone, but I was, my hands were shaking so bad. I couldn't text my husband. So he did it for me he would text Jason, my husband and say, I'm going to take her to this hotel lobby and you can meet us there. Well, because things kept changing, the crime scene kept expanding. It it took me a while for him to get me to a hotel lobby. We finally got there and um, I told him, I said, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. I don't know where I'd be without you, but you don't have to waste any more time with me. You can leave. And um, he said, okay. And I thought he did. And I would, I remember waiting for Jason, just praying that he would get there. Cause you're still under it. You don't know when the next attack is going to happen or bomb is going to go off. Jason finally showed up and that man walked over. I, I guess he had been waiting that whole time and he walked over and he just made sure that Jason was there and everything was good. And he left.
0: Well that night,
1: and I'm still in my marathon clothes cause we couldn't get to our hotel room. It was across the bridge. And we couldn't get there. We we were still stuck in Boston, but we are in a restaurant. And I said to Jason, my husband, I go, we need to call that man again. I just don't know where I would be without him. I go, he helped me from that guy who was being horrible to me. He, He helped me to get to you. He stayed by my side. He never left me, not once. Even when I thought that he left me, he didn't leave me. He was still in the corner waiting for Jason to get there. Jason's okay. So he takes out his phone and he's not saying anything. So I go, what are you doing? He goes, Jennifer, I had at least, I don't know, 10 10 to 15 texts between us going back and forth trying to get to the hotel lobby. He goes, I didn't delete anything. He goes, I have all the calls and the texts from before him and after. And I know the exact time. He goes, there's not one. There's not one record of him in my phone because I can't call him and thank him because I don't. I don't have his number, and I remember thinking of that verse in the Bible that says that you know about angels that come to help those who are going to inherit salvation.
0: Yes, there's
1: ever a time that I needed help, and it was a very evil time. Evil was raining, and I was surrounded by it. And God showed up in the midst of all of that, and He never left my side. And I I said, you know, even if it was a, um. Truly, a, an angel or a good Samaritan. He was definitely my angel that day. But we can't we can't explain how there was absolutely no record of his phone
0: number, not for the text not being there anymore. So I love that story because we know that God hears our prayers, that He watches out for us. We pray daily, Psalm ninety-one prayers about Him giving angels charge over our children and our lives mm-hmm. and our family and. Um, I just think that your current day story is so needed in the world today because many people are struggling with feeling like have no one to help them or guide them or show them the way and the way the Lord met you in this time. And it's still so very real and so such a powerful testimony that I uh, just have to praise the Lord with you for that that testimony. Thank you so much for just spelling it out for us so we can kind of slip into your role and feel what that must have been like after the fact as you and your husband realized God had definitely sent you help. And it certainly sounds like an angel to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, God is faithful. He doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't forsake us. Even when we feel traumatized, confused, alone, hurting, you know, the Lord hears the prayers of his people. You know, Jennifer, another thing I heard you talk about was a mission statement I believe you got for your life as a young woman. What was that mission statement? Well, I remember I was 18 when I when
1: I asked Jesus to save me to come into my life and and I was always so amazed that he did that he heard my prayer and the least of these and I, I was just always so thankful that God chose me to be on his team. I always say that you know because um but in in a in appreciation I just wanted I remember wanting to tell everybody about this good God that sees and he hears and he's close to the brokenhearted and he and he knows, you know, when we call out to him, he hears us. And I remember thinking If you're going to start a business, the first first thing you do is you create a mission statement for your business. And that's very important when you start a business so that, you know, if you're on track, if you're doing what the business was created to do. And I thought we should have mission statements for our life. But being 18 years old at the time, I think 18, I didn't have anything, you know, very well versed to say. So I said, you know, I'm on my way to heaven. I'm going to heaven. And I, my mission is to take as many people with me as I can. And for years, even when I wasn't thinking about that, God took that request seriously. And he has put me in places where I, that can happen. Now, the way that can happen a lot of times are not things that I would have chosen, <laughs> just like yeah. the Boston Marathon bombing or other instance in my life. But he has opened a door that I can get the word out to a lot of people. And another one of the ways that happened was after I wrote press on, I started, I sent in a devotional to Bible.com U version, and they picked it up. So I've been writing devotionals for Bible.com since for years now, since 2013 or 2014. And um, I just looked at the analytics the other day and it's been, they've been downloaded and read over 300,000 times. How in, I'd never in a million years, especially at 18 before the internet and before anything else, how is, how is can I get as many people to go to heaven with me as I can? But God has opened up all these avenues to get, you know, word out. So he's good. He's, he's working things out and we have no idea how it's going to work. out. <laughs> oh, thank God. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just need to do the next right thing. I always tell people, don't do the, just the next thing. You have to do the next right thing and just step by step and he'll
0: guide you. That's perfect. There's such power in knowing our mission statement, our calling, our direction in life, because God has placed those in us even when we were in our mother's wombs before we're even born. And then in life, we get to discover them and watch them evolve over time. And you are doing that uh, in, in a beautiful way. Jennifer, how can my friends get hold of this book, Press On by Jennifer McAllister?
1: Well, there's a couple ways. What the main way would be trained to trust. That's my website, uh, and you can get it there, or you also can get it on Amazon. If you go to Amazon.com, you can order it, but you would have to type in "press on, comma Jennifer," um, and then it'll come up. Because okay. if you just type in "press on," "press on nails" is going to come up.
0: <laughs> so that's a, or, yeah, that's a whole other story.
1: Yeah, a whole other story. But a, a trained. like like you're training for a marathon trained to to trust.com and And I, I title my, my little website where I have my blogs and my devotionals and my book, because I truly believe like you're every, not me, you, all of us are being trained to trust God. And that's why we're walking. As we go through this life, we're training him. We're, we're being trained to trust him. And the more we trust him, the easier life gets. We don't have to panic. We don't have to fear. Even when our circumstances are fearful, even when the everything else we know he's with us and he's never let us down. And the more we go through these things, life gets easier because you can look back and say, well, you you never let me down. You're always with me. You've always made a way. And as the more you're he trains you, and the more you trust him, we start to have that joyful life that God Jesus wants us to have
0: the abundant life that he wants us to have. So train to (laughs) trust.com. That is excellent. Jennifer, thank you so much for opening up your life today and spending some time with us to share your testimony and fulfill your mission statement. Even another right step in the right direction. You are a wealth of encouragement and I bless you. And I can't wait to see where all God takes you next. You are truly on a mission. Oh, thank you so much. I love, love talking to you. Onfire.global is a movement made of men and women who understand that past plans won't work for the future. We're in a new time and a new place that requires us to fan the flames of vision to a whole new level, going all in with God like never before. So fire up your purpose, come find your people, and frame up your plans to set the world ablaze together with me at www.onfire.global.